1: everyone and welcome to tabletop radio hour your podcast for everything tabletop. My name's Zach, and this week I've got Steve with me. Steve, how are you doing today? Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Great. Uh well we we have lost Mark this week. Um Mark, he's no longer with us.
0: Yeah Mark is, is is scouring the crypts of Disney to find the cryogenically frozen head of Walt Disney.
1: <laughs> yeah, that only makes sense.
0: <laughs> He'd do it too. <laughs>
1: it's- He is. (laughs) There's
0: like a head on a pedestal, and he's got a bag of sand, and he's doing the thing. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that.
1: Yep, he's got a whip on his belt, Mm -hmm. he's uh, got that indie hat. But yeah, we're going to have another somewhat regular week this week. For for those of you listeners who don't enjoy video games, this will be a sad week for you. Yes. Because Steve and I are going to talk about video games.
0: Are we ever?
1: (laughs) Kind of, I... You know, this This is going to be more or less kind of a overall wish of the year kind of thing. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to talk about different games we're excited for coming out in, in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just things we're excited for, maybe some things we're not so excited for. There's a lot of stuff on the horizon too, so there's Absolutely. A, lot to, yeah, a lot to catch up on, so cool stuff. Yeah, uh, but like always, we are going to start off with our segment, Wish of the Week. But like always, on Wish of the Week, we talk about things we're excited for, from video games to movies to RPGs. This week, I'm going to start off with Steve. Uh, well, here's the deal. This past weekend, I just marathoned the last
0: two DC movies that I hadn't seen before. I, I finally caught up on Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad. And while I have kind of mixed opinions about both of them, I'm my wish of the week is that they don't screw up the Aquaman movie. Okay, that's <laughs> all I'm really hoping for here, because Wonder Woman is like way up here. And then the other, all the ensemble movies are kind of like sort of mid to down here, but I really want them to keep up the high quality DC stuff because I feel like there's a bunch of great characters and mythology that gets shafted by kind of questionable writing and horrible editing. So yeah, yeah, I I just want to see it them kind of like pull them drag themselves up to the same level as Marvel. That would make me happy.
1: But if it makes you feel any better, I think DC is doing better than Marvel on the series side of things. Okay, that makes sense. The, the comics, the actual books? Uh actually, no, the T V. Oh, the T V shows. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, they own CW I... now, don't they? Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But um but yeah, Flash is probably my favorite thing on on this planet. I am so far behind. I didn't get caught up on Flash because it was a oh, it's man. a really great show. Uh the new season comes out uh on the tenth, I believe. Yeah. Uh so I'm I'm gonna be looking forward to that here pretty soon. Be there, or be square. Uh, Anything else for a wish of the week this week? I think that's all I got. Awesome. Now on to Uh, what I'm excited for. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Recently, I say recently, it's been a little while, um, but I had backed a Kickstarter surprise, surprise uh, for an RPG called sins. It is an epic action horror in a dying world. And uh, honestly, the more I talk with Brendan Carrion, the more excited I am for horror games and uh, and kind of the darker Mm -hmm. side of RPGs. Uh, You you know, he is a a very strong believer Mm -hmm. in uh, in the vampire series of of writing from White Wolf, Mm -hmm. which was an excellent series. I'm familiar with that one. The more I talk with him, the more excited I get about that kind of genre. Uh, That, and I don't own that many uh, horror genres.
0: I was going to say, that's something
1: I haven't really spent a whole lot of time actually playing, and I'm I'm
0: interested in doing more of. What's your kind of background on horror RPGs? It's not
1: huge. With the exception of Dread, uh, I haven't played anything else horror. Okay. I have read a lot of Cthulhu. Right, right. Cthulhu is like my brainchild when it comes to to reading. Mm Mm-hmm um not that long ago i picked up um a, a com- well not complete <laughs> a somewhat complete um book of of uh, Cthulhu stories Okay, like his his uh H.P. Lovecraft's his actual writing right right <clears throat> and it's got like maybe 25 stories in this book it's hmm. a, it's pretty hefty yeah, I I took that time reading through um, the actual Call of Cthulhu story. You know the the story titled Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. I read through a couple more shorter ones. Did you read and it at night? Is... <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> okay, I did. There you go. Of course I did. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would anybody do anything else? Yeah, but yeah, I I love <laughs> Cthulhu. So my my interest in at least that part of the horror genre is there it's definitely there it's more of a a greater power um kind of mysterious getting in over your head with uh, a big old mythos uh is is pretty much my experience with horror hmm. in, in a genre very cool
0: well it looks like sin's a great place to jump on because it seems like a, a really
1: slick looking game yeah it, it looks very interesting. Um, they don't have a whole lot about it. Um, just kind of like overviews of what a few different things are. Um, but unfortunately, that Kickstarter has ended. So, uh, unless they do um, post campaign uh, pre orders or anything, I mm-hmm. don't know if anybody would be able to pick this up until it would hit shelves. Um, but yeah i'm excited for that they might do a slacker backer if they start running out of money or yeah, something like that yeah of course uh definitely oh but something something else on the horror spectrum that i have uh recently gotten into is american horror story oh okay uh so we just the wife and i just started watching it uh, a few days ago and so we're uh did we're you, getting into there did you jump
0: on at the current season or are you or are you go all the way
1: back to the first season we're we're starting with the first season
0: good for you good for you um, i
1: one through one through five is on netflix right now there so. you go
0: okay i i watched the first season of it all the way i found it incredibly riveting i had a great time with it and the second season which is apparently one of the more popular ones completely left me flat like i got three episodes into it and totally bailed so and I don't know if it's the show i don't know if it's me or what but the first one felt really fresh and really innovative and the second season felt incredibly stale and
1: just like tropes beyond tropes so I don't yeah know. I, and i think i think third season picks back up
0: okay okay good, good. um
1: yeah because because i read some reviews and people were like second season is horrible and you know stuff like that so. oh good good i'm glad it's i'm glad it's
0: not just me then but yeah skip <laughs> the second season
1: entirely if you want it's it's yeah there was nothing we there. might yeah. We, we might get an episode into it, and we're like, we're not going to put up with this anymore.
0: Well, the cool way is, it, since it's a written as like an anthology, you can literally just cut out an entire season and
1: skip it entirely, and exactly. you're not missing you anything. You miss anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because things don't kind of, things really don't tie together from season to season. Yeah, It's kind of like everything's separate, which I like. I mm-hmm. enjoy.
0: That's a great way to do it, yeah.
1: Gives a new take, Uh, you know, every season. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we had just finished watching Dexter, and so uh, we we needed something else to watch. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we picked this up.
0: Oh well, if you like disturbing, have you done? Have you checked out Black Mirror yet?
1: Not yet. I need to. <laughs> I definitely need to. That
0: that messes with you <laughs> like on a number of levels. <laughs> almost, almost too bad. There's been a couple times where we watched an episode of that, and it's like. I don't want to do anything all night. I just want to go to bed. That was so
1: depressing. Let's just just give up on life. (laughs) Yes, yes,
0: that. And sometimes it's amazing and and like it doesn't always do that, but it Mm -hmm. knows how to pluck your strings. So
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, but I think that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. Now on to our main topics. Uh, we're going to be talking about pretty much video games uh, overall. Sounds good to me. Just because we can, <laughs> without Mark Poor audibly Mark. rolling his eyes. Yes,
0: yes, dragging us back to this quote-unquote reality, <laughs> <laughs> away mm-hmm. from my virtual reality cocoon where I live.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, But uh, to kick things off, we're going to talk about how to come up with names in RPGs. Okay, which is actually
0: a bit away from video games. This is more to the tabletop.
1: It could definitely tie into both. Yes. Um, you know, when, you, when you're naming a character in your video game, if it gives you that option, mm-hmm. um, you, also, you also need to, uh, to know how to utilize this. So uh, I'm going to hand this one off to Steve. Uh, how do you how do you tackle this uh, this situation?
0: Well, this isn't so much about naming a character in the video game because I think everyone just names a character, but you know, moves on. So it's you know, they say funny things during all the dialogue, but no, it's it's mainly more a matter of like when you're planning a game or doing a tabletop RPG. It's like how do you get all those you know names? You've got a whole if you just say the shopkeeper and the stable boy and blah blah blah, it's going to get Stale in a hurry, you know, especially with town names. You can, there's only so many times you can say the village, and then it becomes the other village, and no, the first village. And you really need some proper nouns in there. And there's quick and dirty ways for you to populate entire worlds without anybody noticing. All you need to do is figure out kind of what video games and what books your players have actually played before. And if they haven't played, say, Warcraft, for instance, or if they haven't read Lord of the Rings, Um, guess what? All of your stuff can be named after Lord of the Rings characters, and they're not going to (laughs) know. It's great, because, like, let somebody else do the heavy lifting for you. Um, I think this came out initially when I was doing D&D campaigns back in the day, and none of my friends had played, and this is before World of Warcraft. This is, like, Warcraft 2. I found out none of them had ever played Warcraft 2, and I just, like, literally, like, lifted all the character names and town names, places, everything I could find from the lore of Warcraft, Mm-hmm. And just dropped it in for a campaign setting. And it was great. Like, if everybody wanted to say, like, if I need to think of something off the top of my head, I had it there because I was playing a lot of Warcraft. Um, and it it spun off. There were cool sounding names because Blizzard. And, <laughs> you know, like, just because they happen to be, like, you know, like really recognizable, you know, names in, in Warcraft, if they don't recognize them, then it's new to them.
1: So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh that gives me an idea of something I can do with a, a game I played back in the day. Um I played a lot of Dungeon Siege.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um and Dungeon Siege two has a lot of good story behind it. Oh, okay. Um they really do. It's like you start off as um kind of like you start off as prisoners. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you too much because I might make it a campaign. <laughs> not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you start off as prisoners and, and you're kind of like you're captured by a bunch of druids. Um, the more I talk about this, the more I can uh, really adapt it into something like fifth edition. Or, it seems like it would be a great campaign, like right from the get go. Yeah, and exactly.
0: With, and with me, it was less the stories because like, you know, it's it's you know, stories are great and half the fun of RPGs is making up your own stuff. Like thinking up the names of like every orc and an orcish tribe that they happen to be dealing with is really difficult unless you played some Warcraft and you happen to have like 15 orc names just dropping off your tongue. So it, yeah. it helps pull in the players. It helps keep everything rolling. And it makes them think that you've done a whole ton of prep time that you actually haven't done. So. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think I'll, I'll make that, uh, at least I'll start off a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, stealing that uh that idea from, from dungeon siege 2
0: well yeah the prisoner yeah. thing i think that was uh morrowind started off that way too it's it's actually a great mm-hmm. it's a great lead-in because it explains why suddenly a bunch of of characters are stuck in a, a situation together you don't necessarily yeah. have to meet at an inn you could all be prisoners
1: exactly yeah yeah you're you're forced from opposite ends of the globe and uh you know yeah, hell, yeah. Skyrim, Skyrim starts like that too. So yeah, actually it does, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's, um, <laughs> Elder Scrolls, go figure. Actually, <laughs> and Oblivion
0: Elder too. Now Scroll. that I think about it, what the heck? Yeah, they prob- need like probably did. <laughs> we have one opening. Okay, that's all there is to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. And hey, guess what? That's how uh, Elder Scrolls Online starts too. Really? Oh my God! I want to yeah, go back seriously. and start digging through this stuff. Like,
0: uh, has anyone played Daggerfall? Do we know how that started? Because
1: uh, we, I could look it up. my new theory is like
0: (laughs) you're always a convict in these games
1: yeah yeah i think i think uh that's that's a running theme for uh for them so it shouldn't uh, be like
0: the elder scrolls it should be like the elder paroles should i say
1: (laughs) elder paroles (laughs) oh man but yeah um yeah taking taking from already existing uh, media or Stories or whatever you have it, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's really good because you know, even even though you know, maybe people have have read this story or played this game or whatever, um, you know, the, the game that you are stealing from, mm-hmm. you can change things up enough.
0: Well, especially if there is stuff that didn't work in the original, right? Like that needed to be exactly. changed anyway, so you are just doing it. Yeah, a change it up. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Nobody you, will ever know. What do you do for uh, character names and your stuff? Like if you suddenly, like the players do something you weren't expecting and suddenly they're talking
1: to a high priest and a thing and you need to give them a name, what's your go-to? So I am a big fan of the Fantasy Name Generator. Oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think it's like fantasynamegenerator.com or whatever. If you go there, you can go through... Uh, Y- different video games you can go through star trek star wars um real real world names uh based on country mm-hmm. um you know you can they've they've got a bunch of different you just origins for names mm-hmm. uh and each time you load it um it brings up 10 names 12 names or something uh and you can hit you know random randomize like find male names find female names you know whatever mm-hmm. um and that's real quick. It could, if you have it loaded, uh, you could come up with that in ten seconds. Huh. You know, uh, if anything, just take a first name. You don't. You don't need to take a full name. You know, right. find find a name of uh, b- uh, beautiful Bartholomew. There mm-hmm. we go. And it, it's easy, kind of to, um, you know, just kind of quickly access something like that.
0: It's a great idea. I need to start using that one. Actually, that seems like a really helpful tool. Yeah,
1: I'll send it your way. Okay. Um, it's it's really it's really helpful because w- when you're running a game and you're trying to come up with names for NPCs or uh, you know even even with game prep, yep, yeah. you know whatever you can do it whenever. Uh, you you can you know specify where you want. Uh, names from so it's like we're in seventh sea we're in avalon let's go find some old english names
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh and pull a couple you know yeah uh for these npcs or um you know just just kind of like you're in game and and you know you're going to be in castile for this entire session well before the game starts go there pull up spain um and just have it ready, yeah. you know, and just have a look over and go, boom, there's... Yeah, more.
0: yeah, because, like, I think the 7C books have, like, a, a, a short example of, like, you know, maybe five mm-hmm. or seven different names for each region, but it's nice to have a broader pool to pull from
1: on the fly. Right. And if there's anything on that, on the page that you don't like, hit, hit, uh, find names and it'll come up with a brand new list. Right. So, say they're... Uh, they're in names and they're very hard to pronounce. <laughs> well, uh, refresh a couple times <laughs> until you get somebody. <laughs> and that's, you'll find Olaf. Uh, okay, it's Olaf again. <laughs> George. <laughs> He's the only one or, I recognize. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, I'll send it your way. And and it's great, like, cause with uh, Star Wars and Star Trek, they've got uh, different races. Oh, okay. So names for different races. So, so you Klingon can on name generator specify. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very cool. And they have like they have Mass Effect. They've got, uh, you know, the different races in Mass Effect. Oh, wow. They've got a, you know a bunch of other stuff. So it's it's really hmm. cool.
0: That sounds pretty slick.
1: Yeah, like in in uh, RPGs, like in MMOs. Yep. Um, I usually stick with a a call sign or a name, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. In high school, I I was in the play Antigone. Okay and uh the the big baddie in antigone his name is creon mm-hmm. he was a king and, and you know i'm not going to get into it but i would always um use creon or um like creoni as a name in mmos
2: okay mm-hmm.
1: um just kind of like because it's something that not a lot of people will come up with on their own so it's not usually taken right so you know i usually find a name that um you know, that, that I used in a play or in, uh, in an old role or, or something like that, that I had, uh, I would, you know, pull out of the dark recesses of my mind. That is my memory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's cause, cause a lot of those stuff from old plays from old theater, people aren't going to think of, yeah <laughs> let's yeah. be honest, those yeah. original names that aren't Bob or, you know, whatever people people aren't gonna think of and so it's easy to find something that uh that you um, that you'll be able to find and you'll be able to use without using a bunch of letters or or numbers that don't matter well and it kind of gives your 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 game a little bit of gravitas too to think like oh i'm
0: using you know these these character names from ancient greek drama you know at at least you can say them with a straight face Without, you know, like, because you know that, like, oh, this was actually a famous, you know, badass mm-hmm. a thousand years ago. two thousand. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can make up stuff that was actually true about this person or being or whatever you have it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, uh, and feel confident about it because it's your knowledge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really clever. I like that.
1: But yeah, uh, onto the kind of deeper section of, of this episode, just talking more about video games. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: something more recently that came out, uh, okay, that those of you video game players probably know uh, is Destiny Two,
0: which is technically part to... RPG. So you know, yeah. it's
1: it's it fits. Uh, no, don't no, Mark. <laughs> no? You're going to get a long email from Mark <laughs> when he gets back. He is not going to be happy with you. Hey, if
0: it's got a hub and there's other players and they're real people and they're quote unquote RPing, then, you know, good enough. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I had recently picked it up. Uh, I had played a little bit of Destiny 1. I enjoyed it. You know, it, it got to a point. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but Destiny for me got to a point where it was a lot of XP farming um feels like a job yeah yeah that and it's like if you had gotten (laughs) together with somebody say your friend had played has been playing you know whatever Mm -hmm. and you just started a couple days ago he's going to be a much higher level than you are and if you want to run through missions with him you you would pretty much have to do your missions and with a person that is a much higher level than you are it's it's kind of just like them running through it right right in front of you and, and knowing everything. everything down yeah exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. uh that that was my kind of my frustration with uh with Destiny 1 uh, but now, it seems like they've kind of nailed it down um in Destiny 2 it's a little bit more um everybody's on the same playing field kind of thing.
0: So do they do they rebalance the instances for the players or do they actually rebalance player stats themselves depending on kind of the average level of the group?
1: You know, it it works a little bit differently with different things. So you have the main missions and then you have all the environmental stuff. Mhm. I think you know, with the missions, if you have you and another player, it balances it's easier to balance between your level and their level, you know fine, that's great, okay, but you know, having ten, fifteen people in an instance, it's kind of harder to balance, but I still think they do some balancing,
0: oh yeah, okay, that's
1: cool because because the enemies still have a level to them, you know they're they're like they're level eighteen, you know whatever right. And there could be anywhere from a a level one to a maxed out level character in the same instance.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know what I think i've I've kind of noticed is I think they are putting different levels in different instances. Okay, so like you'll see a lot more level one, one to five in the same instance. Do they
0: actually cap the levels so that, like, if you try to yeah. go into a low level one as a higher level guy, it reduces
1: your stats? Or... Um, you know that that I'm not sure. I haven't tested that yet. Okay. Um, are, so like you're saying, you and I are going into uh, a mission. You know, mm-hmm. I'm level twenty. You're level one. Does it, you know, take me down to level one? Is that what you're asking?
0: Right. Because some MMOs will do this at certain times. Like, right. you know, if if there's a, a mission, it'll it'll say, okay, the now everybody has dropped down to level ten, even if you're higher than that for the, the purposes of this run,
1: um mm-hmm. to, to kind of keep it equal. Um I know that's-, that's what they did in, in Destiny One. Okay. I'm sure they're using a very similar aspect for this one. But like I said, I haven't tested it uh quite yet. Well, based on your experience, how does two compare to one? I I enjoy it much more than I than I did one. Okay. That's good. Um, it there's a lot more going on. There really is, and with the way online play has has evolved since Destiny One has been out, um, there's there's a lot more interest with the quote unquote public events. I think is what they're called, right? Um, but yeah, and it's it's really team oriented too. Um, it it. I'm not saying you have to, but it would probably be more fun to find a, a small group of 3-4 people to go and run missions with or go and do public events. Um just because a heavy teamwork aspect could work really well. Right. Um I've I found this. They have uh you know, they have kind of a multiplayer you know 4v4 kind of thing you know how most most first person shooters do yeah yeah uh, it's called the crucible <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um i played a game uh what was it last night i think and uh i didn't know anybody in this um in in the game that that i was playing at that time and i was just like okay i'm gonna just kind of follow the pack or stick with one person just because, you know, there's, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And without any communication, without anything, uh, we had, you know, kind of all packed together and it's like, if somebody died, okay, come back to the pack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of like, um, kill the enemy, pick up their, their token you know whatever it is yeah yeah the
0: flag or something
1: yeah um well kind of like a i don't know if you played uh, uh um, black ops battlefield or no not battlefield battlefield black ops no. okay yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> no. um no not battlefield uh college of Duty black ops yeah the dog tags okay okay um you know, you kill the enemy; they drop a little token, and you pick it up to get points.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: so it was it was one of those kinds of games, and um the the cap off was fifty before the game ends,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it was like what a eight minute game or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in those eight ten minutes, we uh we collected forty nine
2: <laughs> tokens
1: versus their twelve. <laughs> there you go. So oh. it was like. That just shows me how important teamwork is in that mm-hmm. aspect, yeah, you know, sticking together and and going and picking off person by person well, um, but yeah,
0: and that's actually always been one of my points of of contention with with online multiplayer in general is like it's i mean why it doesn't work for me personally is because, yeah, you're absolutely right. all it takes you don't need to have a crazy guild if you want to do pretty well, like enough to win a decent number of games all everyone needs to do is stick together and shoot it roughly, even if they shoot different things, just stick together to concentrate firepower on a relatively small area. Like that's the only strategy you need to do above average in a first person shooter. And, and the ones I play typically that never happens. Like the gate goes up, everyone splits off to the four winds. And next thing you know, it's like
1: half of the people are camping. Yeah. Hanzo Um. (laughs) mains
0: and all this, you know, (laughs) BS, (laughs) yeah, <sighs> oh yeah. So that's why I play single player. <laughs> exactly. But I'm glad you found a
1: couple people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that can to, be completely overcome with. if you've got a static group or even if you just find people to play with that aren't complete numbskulls you yeah, can of course.
1: make that work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um this kind of transitions into the next thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Um we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started. Uh, but the group of people that I I started playing with a few days ago were some people I uh, I teamed up with in Elite Dangerous.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, hey, a new game came out. Guess who's guess guess what we're playing?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: Everybody's playing Destiny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that kind of takes me over to Elite Dangerous. There's a lot of new stuff in Elite Dangerous. That's um, what I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently. It's, it's interesting. Apparently the Thargoids have uh, have taken on smaller ships and started uh, dogfighting with people. They've started
0: shooting, yeah. Before now, you could, well, even people that were managed to glitch their way into shooting them, they weren't getting any kind of response. It was just sort mm-hmm. of these big kind of inf- or, uh, uh, invincible things. And now they're well mostly invincible but they're actually killing people now. So <laughs> they have a health bar is all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen <laughs> sooner or later. What... Well, I here I hear people have shot pieces off and if yeah. you go to collect the salvage, it actually eats up your ship. Is that accurate? That seems bizarre to me. I love it. It's like it's like corrosive and it damages your ship if you try to take on their salvage.
1: You know, that's I so would cool. I would love that. Mhm. I would love that. I haven't like I said I haven't experienced it quite yet. Um at least not this new wave. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where they take this, uh, because Elite's got a very very big history. Oh um, yeah, in game and lore and well, for decades
0: know, it goes back to the 80s. Elite exactly. is a very very long running game. People have been able to get get
1: blown up by a Thargoid since the 80s. So how exactly. cool is that? Or see, even seen of mm-hmm. since the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see where they take uh, their history.
0: Well, and it's a great way to kind of maintain uh, an MMO is through, especially one that was mostly player-driven up until this point, is to occasionally give a, a great big global event that's got a whole lot of mystery behind it and see what the players do with it. Like, you know, it's it's maybe they're going to be nice. You know, maybe they're, you know... <laughs> Players are never nice, so that's uh, you can pretty much bank on that not happening. But yeah, uh, but like it seems it's a great way to do it is to like kind of like unspool this huge mystery around these aliens.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of like the mindset of the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, everybody. It's like whether or not you know you're friendly with all of the factions. You know, there are a million different factions. Yeah. You know, there's the Empire and then the Imperials and yada 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 and, and stuff like that. And you know, you you guys could be at war and and whatever. Yeah. But all in all, are you going to team up with Thargoids? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something
0: tells me if people are having a little clan conflict, they're going to drop everything if a a Thargoid warps in and just
1: you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A it's like enemy. everybody's everybody's gonna gonna. Uh, start shooting at the Thargoids before they start shooting at you mm-hmm. on the opposite side. You know? Yes. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm interested to see the hive mind that is elite dangerous, um, kind of experience something new and unknown. Yes. At yeah. least unknown. Cause, cause you know, Thargoids are out there. History on thar- Thargoids is out there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But they're taking a a completely different route with it. They're they're not repeating themselves, right?
0: Yeah, that's which true. is nice. So mm-hmm. it is
1: it is essentially new. Yeah, it's new material. So yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. Definitely. Me uh, too. Any any word on the the PlayStation version of the game? Uh, I haven't popped it in yet, but that's
0: because MMOs scare me and intimidate me and. You know, there's that. <laughs> it's it's there's such a time sink. Like at this point, I I look for games that I can complete quickly and not games mm-hmm. that run on for six months. So, or oh, more lo-
1: longer than six months, my friend.
0: Yeah, see, I, <clears throat> I I just can't do it. I've got I can I can play like 37 other games on my shelf, or I can play Elite Dangerous. So that's what that's what keeps me from putting it in the drive every time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I haven't played it for a while, uh, <clears throat> but I'm I'm slowly getting back into it. Luckily, I haven't. Luckily, I haven't forgotten how to play, which is, which is good. <laughs> well, keep me posted on the aliens. I'm curious if you get blown up by any. I will. I'll. You'll be the first to know. Okay. <laughs> uh, but next, a uh, couple couple more things for uh, for PlayStation coming coming out here pretty soon. Okay. Um. There's dr. Uh, there's a Dragon's Dogma remake. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, Steve, I don't know if you played the
0: original. I have not no but I'm 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 pretty aware of it and it seems like the sort of game that I'd really
1: like if I played it. I it, love it. Okay. Mhm. I absolutely love it. I probably have it on my shelf back here. Okay. Mhm. But it's really it's the best kind of explanation I have of it. The best description would have to be a more lighthearted dark souls.
0: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: that's fair. Um, Kind of like you're battling some, you know, some smaller enemies, some bandits, some harpies. Uh, You know, but there are these bigger creatures that you kind of have to... Deal with from time to time. Yeah, and you've got to use your imagination a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can, you know, you can jump onto enemies and grab them and then start attacking them. Mm-hmm which is a really great mechanic. I love it. Uh one of the f- the first uh main missions. It's like you're in this town and uh and you know you're leaving to go to another town and a troll walks up. This troll is like close to two stories tall. You know, he's huge. Okay. And you have to kind of climb up uh, up his leg and kind of slash at his ankles and it'll go to his, his knees you know whatever mm-hmm. and you can go and climb up to his face and like slash his eye his eye out it's kind of like a cyclops oh that's cool but uh but yeah it's like really cool it's it's got magic it's got archery it's got you know whatever it's it's kind of like your catch-all for a fantasy game
0: does it have a multiplayer component or is it single player
1: it does it's a it's a cooperative um multiplayer
0: Okay, so and is, is like, it
1: more mission based, or is it is it a, like a linear story? It's, uh, it it could be both. I think there's a lot of side mission stuff out there. Okay, mm-hmm. at least from what I remember, it's been a couple years since I have played. Um, but there is there is an overall story arc to things. Um, but yeah, it's it's like you can kind of like Dark Souls, you can summon your friends, kind of thing. Oh, okay. To come mm-hmm. and help you. Um, but I think it's a little bit more long term than that. It's not just a phantom that comes in and, you know, pretends to be there really. Right, right. Um and I think I think completing things for them completes things you know, completing things for you completes things for them too. Yes. So like I, it's it's kind of like, you know, in Destiny you can both work on the same mission. You know, right,
0: whatever. right. It gets a lot of uh, comparisons in my circle to the uh, the Monster Hunter games, just uh, with more yeah. enemies instead of just like one big dragon per level.
1: It's, yeah, exactly. There's more little guys too, so. And it's a little more open world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least. That would make sense in my in my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of the Monster Hunter games. It just kind of all seemed a little bit too, um, you know, kill enemy, kind of dungeon crawl esque. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kill enemy, go to the next room kind of thing. Okay.
0: I'm a big fan of the monster Hunter gate series, but <laughs> I can totally, I can, I can understand your,
1: your opinion on that one. That makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I enjoy the overall story of it. Okay. Um, definitely. And it uses a cool kind of gimmicky mechanic of, uh, you can quote unquote, hire followers kind of like, npcs you know that fight for you or fight with you whatever Mm -hmm. yeah and they're like it's a little strange because they they almost seem like servants like fodder yeah (laughs) they're like they distract the guys exactly Mm -hmm. but it's like you there's this stone this you know stone in the ground yeah that you can go to and and summon these different uh npcs Hmm. really Okay. You can, yeah. you can create your own. You can customize them. Stuff like that. And that it's really interesting. That it sounds pretty really slick.
0: Well, it's and yep. and you
1: can you can summon other people's creations too. So it's like, oh, that's cool. you and I. You and I both created a. I don't remember what they are called. But um, you you and I created an NPC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mine's an archer. Yours is a mage. Whatever. It's like, oh, I need an archer for this one. And so I go to yours, yours, and you go, boom. Hey, I'm gonna pull your archer out for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know you can use them, and they level up and stuff. And
0: does that you know, is so that can... to let you uh, kind of fill in empty spots if you're trying to do kind of multiplayer type missions by yourself? Yeah, I think so.
2: Okay, it's just
1: kind of like having that full party feel. Yeah, yeah. Things. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Well, but I really th- enjoy the game. The thing that's got me concerned about it is um,
0: it looks like they're not doing... It's a, it's a quote-unquote remaster for the PS4 right now, but it doesn't look like they're doing a whole lot of like actually redoing graphics or whatever. And they're launching it at more or less full price. I think it's coming out at 40 bucks. And aside from just a slight bump in the resolution, they're not working over the textures. There's no additional content that wasn't in the original. And it feels like a little bit more of a cash grab uh, than, you know, some of these other games that they've made where they just they redo all the textures, they do new art, or they add new content for, to mm. it. And I think the point of these things is to kind of maintain franchises and see what sticks, like throw it all up and see what sticks. But mm. I feel like if they actually would make new content for them, and on a game like this, it's sort of mission based, it wouldn't be hard to make a couple of new missions, you know, just something that's sort of exclusive right. um, to kind of give people a feel of. You know, okay, is this is this is this worth maintaining? Or are we going to get a next generation Dragon's Dogma? Like, actually make one mm-hmm. specifically for it? Um, and I I think this is this is they do it as sort of a bellwether to test if the franchise is viable. But I don't think it's really giving it a fair shake if you're just doing content that came out on the PS3. Uh, I feel like that you know players, if you if you're going to do a straight up like bare bones like this, it should be maybe a little bit cheaper, like maybe twenty dollars. And if you're going to add new content or, or improve the graphics, then maybe I can cease paying forty for it.
1: Right, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, they they did have some DLC, mm-hmm. um, but they they had released a a a version that included that DLC. So if it was that kind of thing, you know, kind of like how Skyrim back in the day they released a uh, here's the game and here's the three DLC that you could have bought right you know, whenever the game first came out. Mm-hmm. But we're giving it to you free, you know, for this $60, you know, whatever. Right. But yeah, if, if it was like that, I would completely understand. Uh, but I don't believe it would be. Um,
0: yeah, in this case, I it think it's have... the, the Dark Arisen DLC, which was
1: mm-hmm. released previously on 360
0: and PS3. So, right. yeah, yeah. Um, it would be nice. though. Like, if it's a game of the year and they're taking other stuff and folding it into it, then that's, you know, that's something, too.
1: Yeah. But, I, yeah. Think, I think they're trying... You know, part of it could be they're seeing how well they can develop for next-gen consoles. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're seeing if people have interest. And then I think the results from that might make them realize, okay, we, we have some interest in this. Let's make a second game. Absolutely, kind of and I,
0: I applaud them for it. I think that's a great way to kind of do marketing without having to do it. But I do think that, that bringing it out at 40 bucks, if that's what you're trying to do, isn't giving the franchise a fair shake. There's plenty of great Absolutely. Dragon's Dogma fans out there, but you're not going to get anybody new to the series who's going to be like, oh, I could see playing a fresh one of this, if A, you're bringing it out at 40 bucks, and they think that that's what you know the game is going to look like on the next gen. Uh, <laughs> it, they're just kind of doing themselves a little bit of a disservice, I think
1: yeah definitely and if you pick that up definitely uh let me know okay and give me your your uh, feedback i i intend to (laughs) uh but to the next playstation uh releases uh looks like skyrim is coming out with a vr version Oh, bethesda's trying to make
0: money more money off skyrim i'm i'm shocked like (laughs) i'm so surprised i know right (laughs) it's like another news the sky is blue and, exactly. and Rockstar makes DLC for
1: Grand Theft Auto Online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see how Skyrim is in VR.
0: The VR one, they're doing some interesting stuff with the controls. They're trying to make it in sort of the more proportional controls that we've seen Uh, experimented with on the Wii, so like, instead of just using a controller, like the standard controller, it'll use the move Mm -hmm. controls, and so if you want to do archery, you actually have to, like, pull the bow back, let it rip. Or, the spells, seems like a great way to the spells, you're kind of doing the the crazy rune motioning in the air, instead of just, like, hitting a button to do it. So, on one hand, it's got the potential to be a lot more
1: immersive, but... It does, but it also has a big chance to... Fall into that pit that Nintendo did with the Wii and mm-hmm. the Wii U. Yep. With how the lack of complexity with motions is all I'm going to say. So, like the waggle <laughs> thing, right?
0: Are we talking about like, oh, wag your sword to to do a sword strike, and instead yeah, of like exactly. doing parry, thrust, guard, whatever, all you all everyone ends up doing is just sort of like waggling it back and forth and back and forth to slash as fast yeah. as they can. And then pushing a button to to block
1: or whatever, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah, that is definitely a pitfall. Plus, on a game like Skyrim, my concern is no matter how, you know, good you have the controls down, if you've been playing this game for 60 hours in VR, there's a good chance that sooner or later you're going to get sick of drawing the bizarre con- like arcane motions to do the spells, like... I just want to launch a fireball. Like I don't want to like have to get out of my chair and do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't.
1: I don't. I I think you're giving him too much credit. Yeah. It might. It might just be a forward motion. Okay. A you you choose your spell in your inventory. Okay. And you move your hand to cast said spell.
0: Well, that would be, I think, good for longevity because I I don't know if if <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, th- that was a problem with a lot of the Wii games, the ones that had the more complicated yeah. motions. It's 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 fun for a while. You know, you pop it in, everyone's like, oh, it's great. Then 10 minutes later, you're like, I just want to flip and shoot a bow. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, have to actually work yeah. it right. On the other hand... No, exactly. Because it makes it harder to actually aim and things like that, you're doing it all in VR, it might be sort of like a, an additional difficulty level. For people who've already played through Skyrim once and they might be looking mm. for something harder like a survival mode only this time it's like a VR survival mode. So
1: right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's interesting. It'd be interesting I I don't know, do you think they will include the whole uh, mods thing? Like they've they've been doing in Skyrim, I
0: wouldn't be surprised because they've really they seem to have doubled down on the mods thing. And in spite of the whole fiasco that was the paid mods incident with them, um, they seem fairly committed for it at this point. Like they're trying to ride out the PR bumps and just you know make it work. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they they do keep with this. My big thing about it is it seems like this is going to be really sort of the test because people keep saying, oh, the VR games are out there. They're small. We don't want small games. We want, like, traditional AAA stuff. And this is going to be the litmus test to see if AAA can survive in VR.
1: Yeah, exactly. And being in VR for extended periods of time and you know stuff like that yeah um, because people are in skyrim for extended periods of time so <laughs> i know i am i know i'm in i'm in skyrim for a very extended period of time mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah it, it'll be a, a good kind of first look at a few different aspects of of gaming yeah yeah definitely oh but but please tell me that whole paid Mod thing is is over with. It's you don't pay for mods anymore, do you? No,
0: I think they were trying to bring back a mod store. I think that was their big thing was yeah. their creative workshop or something like that. Yeah. Whatever. And yeah, it wasn't. It was going over like a lead balloon with the fans, and they seemed yeah. to be kind of pushing it. But I don't know. Uh, like they they backed off of it once, and then they tried to reintroduce it fairly recently. I don't know what the current status is on it, but I think they're probably gonna like back it off into tears so people can still get their free stuff but they give some sort of blessing to the nicer stuff to allow people to start charging for it.
1: Right. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it it would just depend on um you know if you if you want to pay for this mod. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You can because they spend 300 hours developing it and what yada 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 whatever yeah i think i think there's space but, like, for, for it the, like i'm not base
0: level stuff i'm not of the opinion that it like all paid mods need to die like i don't i think there's room for it out there but when people start looking at like you know the whatever the cheese hat for the crabs or something like that was was like the first paid mod that they that dropped for it was like this 15 dollar costume for your crabs was yeah. you know like there's going to be a middle ground. You know, people are still going to make like cheap fun stuff for free as mods. And then people who really want to take their time and, and homebrew their own campaign are going to be able to do that and charge for it if they want,
1: if it's, you know, right. Viable, so. And, and of course it, it should always be an option of, you know, the developers of said mod mm-hmm. of, of the cheese head crab mod. <laughs> yeah. Could, could, uh, you know, post on, you know, on the mods description if you would like to contribute here's a link and you can go and give tips or whatever kind of like how uh how patreon does stuff right right Mm -hmm. of course it could give people you know i got hey i got a 100 bucks from eight different people
0: yeah well mods in general are just a really great way to to kind of bring the gaming community into a more creative direction like, I think Minecraft, I don't know if Minecraft started it, but, like, suddenly people were very much into creating with video games again, like, all of a sudden. I know mods have been out since mm-hmm. before Minecraft, but it feels like the modding community overall has been built up significantly since then. So now people yeah, don't want to play, they want to
1: make. So let them make. Exactly. And and something that also fuels that, that I wish would cross over to Xbox and PlayStation, is what Steam does with... Uh, with player created content. Yeah. Uh, they have like the Steam Workshop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've checked that out any. But a lot of games have different stuff that people have created. Like Portal and Portal 2 yeah. have have specific test chambers that people can go and and make their own test chambers and you know people can go and play them whenever. That's a great there's, idea. Yeah. There's just there's this giant compendium of of uh, game content that amateur creators or even bigger named creators have developed mm-hmm. you know and that's that's definitely fueling the creative side of most people
0: yeah, his, um, consoles have some examples of that happening, like Disney uh, Infinity and and uh, some of the Halo games had Forge and a lot of like like, like peer created content there. But it, they definitely don't do it nearly as much as PCs, and that's a real shame. I think that uh, like developers yeah. should embrace that because nothing nothing will pull in players like having somebody say, okay, I worked you know like 80 hours to make this thing in the game, and I want to share it with my friends. That's gonna pull people in more than saying,
1: yeah, I beat the last boss so right mm -hmm. oh but i think um in halo i think griftball was originally a player created thing yeah Mm -hmm. um they have a game mode it's kind of like soccer okay it's kind of like it's actually more like rugby let's be honest (laughs) but um you know you there's four people on team you go and get a ball and try to kill people who try to get to your goal with the ball right like I, and I, yeah, I think that was originally player-created. Hmm. And I think it started on, um, what, Halo 3? Halo 2, maybe? I don't remember. Probably 3. 3 is where they started getting into the whole Forge thing, so yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's but a great yeah, idea. It was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think the reason we don't see it on consoles as much is because a lot of game dev stuff happens on the PC, on using a computer, using software on a computer. Yeah. And you can't really... Make things for. I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot harder to make things for a game on a console when you don't have access to that game, right? Specific, like
0: importing you know. your own graphics or just the general right. lack of keyboardness, <laughs> keyboard and mouse. <laughs> I think, Seriously. which you know, yeah, I think the consoles support at this point, but they don't really support it. You know, you can plug it in, but no Not one does. Really. It, so, yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, um. We could we can move on past that. Sure. Um, a few things I'm excited for. Okay. Um, the Call of Cthulhu video game. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, like I said, I don't know if I said this on air or off the air. Uh, probably off the air. But I've I've always been a fan of H.P. Lovecraft and and all of that stuff. Um, and I think that's going to that that game is going to release. Uh, early next year
0: I think. it looks really solid i mean it's not the first attempt to do cthulhu on a video game but i think I've, I've been seeing so many really interesting horror games lately i feel like the the designers are really getting a grip for like what makes like a horror experience viable on on a video game mm-hmm. you know we're, we're we're moving beyond the resident evil just shoot the zombie things and like the the aliens isolation and uh yeah outcast games like that are really kind of nailing this whole like 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 okay forget about the gameplay don't worry about the gameplay let's put the horror first and we end up with stuff like the yeah. pt demo and things like that so
1: yeah exactly um and i think it'll be a nice twist on uh on the traditional horror game mm-hmm. in a video in a video game at least yes yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see what they do with it too. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um also something that I am looking forward to is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, and how can you not be? Like how really? How can you not absolutely. be? Absolutely. It's, it's a Wild West uh, just I mean sandbox. do whatever Open you world, want. Open world
0: sandbox. Yeah. yeah. Craziness, and you know, it, it's it looks like it's got a great story. Um, the The visuals look incredible, uh, which is you know that's at this point neither here nor there. Like everybody's got cool visuals, but the story's great, the gameplay is great. There's like a ton to do. It, I think this is going to be an amazing thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are people are just looking for Rockstar to do something new after the kind of I don't call it a quagmire, but basically the the Grand Theft Auto Online just hey. seems like it's been sucking up all of their resources lately. And yeah, for yeah, yeah. non GTA fans like myself, you know, it's just like, and myself, do something new. Like, let's see it. Come on, we know you can do awesome stuff. Let's just give it to us. Just take our money.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, they've come out with everything GTA Five mm-hmm. recently. It's like they haven't done anything else for two years. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really. So it's good to see maybe they're getting out of their shell, although once we start getting into like horse mods, maybe not. Maybe maybe this they'll start charging for DLC in that too. And
1: oh, no, man. <laughs> just make everything unlockable content. There we go. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but yeah. Something else I'm excited for is Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Um, I am a heavy proprietor of um of YouTube gamers. okay yeah so uh i i watch a lot of gameplay of of player unknowns battlegrounds very cool. Uh, there's a channel out there called node they they used to do land party back in the day and and uh you know a a lot of a lot of video gameplay um but they they're really on a battlegrounds kick um because they, they they played uh arma 3 uh back when battle when battlegrounds was a mod on arma 3 that's kind of how this whole thing started that modder decided hey let's make a game out of this and uh and they ultimately did see but yeah i'm excited for modders that. make the world grind look at all this great stuff we get out of user-generated content right exactly mm-hmm. exactly and and now I think it's evolving from user generated content into just generated content because there's really no difference anymore.
0: Yeah, well, uh, League of Legends grew out of a uh, Warcraft three mod, so yeah.
1: you know, yeah, all these great things. It's like, uh, I mean, Frazier uh, evolved from Cheers back in the day, <laughs> so so why can't, why can't these games evolve from other games? That's true. Sorry, I had to. I had to make that. I had to make <laughs> Waiting
0: reference. all day to get that freezer reference in. Is that what happened? I had. Yep, okay. I
1: had to. <laughs> um, Toss salad and scrambled eggs. But I think the last thing we will talk about today is uh, the Nintendo side of things. Okay. Uh, first off, something what, that Steve something is excited for.
0: Oh, I just got my hands on the uh, the new Metroid. Metroid, yeah, Metroid: Samus Returns on the 3DS. Um, okay, here's the deal. I'm just going to start calling this the new genre is twin stick platformer, because I've, I've, I've played a couple of games now that have this. Um, if you're familiar with the twin stick shooters, it's where you move with one button and shoot with the other. And I'm starting to see more and more like 2D platformers that actually utilize this control scheme. Um, and usually they'll have a button so you can kind of root yourself and, and not move while you shoot. But the new Metroid is what I'm going to say is a twin-stick platformer. So you can actually shoot in any direction you want at any time, like, you know, you're running away from things and shooting behind your back or whatever. And um, it flows really nicely. The game itself is a remake of the old black-and-white Game Boy Metroid 2, but you wouldn't know it for the time. I mean, it's completely top-down redone. It's not the same levels. You know, it's got vaguely some of the same characters, but... For the most part, it's also a lot less story-driven than the other portable Metroid games, the other excellent portable Metroid games, like Zero Mission (laughs) and Fusion, um, all had kind of like running narratives through the thing. This is like a dungeon crawl Metroid. This is like, there's a cave, there's Metroids in it, and you're going to find all sorts of stuff, but you're not going to talk to anybody for 20 hours. So... It's, 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 it's a pure kind of redux of the whole Metroid formula. Uh, the new control scheme is great. You've got a melee attack, which at first was like, really? And Metroid, was that necessary? And after you play it yeah. for three minutes, you're like, this was entirely necessary. This adds a lot to it. So um, I'm having a great time with that. It's just beautiful. It's super fun. And anybody who's got a 3DS should check it out.
1: Yeah, I need to I need to pick it up. I've, I need to dust off my 3DS and uh, and get something in there again. It's entirely worth it. Definitely. If you like Metroid. I'll... Say again? If you like Metroid, it's entirely worth it. Oh, yeah, I love Metroid. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of sad that they haven't attacked Metroid on the console side of things yet.
0: Yeah, everybody sort of wants a, a, a sequel to Fusion. The Fusion series was, like, so great. Um, you know, 1, 2, and 3, all of them just across the board mm-hmm. were phenomenal. The issue is Other M really took the wind out of their sails. Um, yeah. And I, I think they're still kind of recovering from that. But hopefully, like when the interest from this uh, uh, Samus Returns, if that can kind of stir up things a little bit, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we don't see a Switch version of Metroids
1: in the next oh, uh, maybe the next
0: year or two. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because hopefully, I I play, on the GameCube. I played the living hell out of the Metroid games, mm-hmm. all of them. Okay. Awesome. I think th- I think there were what three? There were three or four on on. There
2: were the four. Four total.
1: Yeah, you
0: you could play four.
1: Well, on the GameCube there were two.
0: Uh, fusion one okay. and two and then three and other m came out on the wii on the wii
1: yeah i think i played i think i played the two on gamecube and then i played uh the first one on uh or the the third one mm-hmm. on wii i don't know if i got other m okay well um good for you
0: if you didn't i mean <laughs> you're gonna skip one that's the one to skip i yeah, played i played it. the the first one on the gamecube a lot
1: um mm-hmm. and i had oh, such a lot, great time so. with it it was amazing yeah Oh yeah, attacking Ridley constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: well, and you could never. Like, I was always really surprised that they managed to pull that whole Metroid formula together in a three D first person shooter. Uh, when right. I heard about it, I was like, "This is not going to be good." And I played it, and it was good. I mean, all of my concerns were 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 addressed. I felt like it was. Yeah. It, they definitely put the the exploration aspect of it first, but they had such incredible action that it didn't feel neglected. You didn't feel slow at all. So no
1: yeah yeah and i loved the ball mechanic mm-hmm. the, what how, going through the vents and using bombs and everything it was it was amazing yeah i loved i loved that they took a, a 3d aspect to the game
0: there were so many great decisions with that and retro studios who made that is the studio responsible for samus returns
1: so, right mm-hmm. yeah which is nice yes uh, so hopefully somebody pretty soon will make a uh, another 3d metroid game
0: yes and by somebody i mean retro studios do not turn it back over to the ninja gaiden folks i'm sorry they're alive guys can keep Mm. making bikini fighters all they want stay the hell away from my metroid thank you
1: yeah just leave yeah just go go away Mm -hmm. (laughs) um something else in the somewhat near future uh is super mario odyssey
0: oh yeah that's coming out at the end of the month yep
1: yeah it is it is um i am excited for it i am okay But I I, I sense a but (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You got a little bit of this rant before, Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of more or less, I'm a little disappointed in Nintendo. Okay. Just kind of overall, Um, you know, since the switch has come out with the exception of a couple different, you know, bigger name games like Mm -hmm. legend of Zelda and uh, Splatoon two, and they're soon coming out with Odyssey.
2: Yeah. They
1: really haven't done anything brand new. Do you mean like new franchise or like continuations on their other
0: big franchises? Uh
1: either. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say either. Um any like new new like new games. Like they've they've brought a lot of old school retro games to yeah. the Switch. But they haven't really done that much with, you know, continuations on uh, old franchises or on you know new ones entirely
0: yeah well i'll tell you what um i agree with you to the extent that they they haven't done a whole lot of new ips because they really haven't made a new ip since splatoon and you know we got splatoon 2 on the switch which was great and all But typically, I mean, their creative output is more or less like it came out a year ago, right? So we've had Mm -hmm. sort of, let's say, three kind of fully original, not original, but new. Like you you got your Zelda, you got your Mario and you got Splatoon 2. So you've got at least three first party games that came out this year for it. That's on track with what they've done for every system that they've released. You know, they didn't have more than that for, you know, the, the GameCube or the Wii either.
1: Yeah, that is that is true. Um you know, but it, it just kind of seems like they could be putting more effort into doing more bigger games than doing smaller arcade type games. Well, like what do you want to see then? Like what what's on your wish list for Nintendo? Uh, well, I mean, first th- first off, Metroid is is definitely a thing. Okay, yeah. A dev- a new Smash? a new smash
0: uh, everyone wants that yep
1: everyone wants a new smash especially mm-hmm. cuz you can get uh what eight switches in the same room and and do it all together you know oh my god how great would that be right that would be amazing right see yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know um i don't know i it, it would have been great to have a new mario kart instead of a remake of of, of 8 year old mario kart a redux yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, just kind of stuff like that. You know, it's it's like they're they're focusing a little bit more on the smaller games, okay. it seems. It's like, you know... I think we are getting a Pikmin this month for the 3DS, so yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but, you know, so first things first, I love Zelda. Absolutely mm-hmm. love Zelda. Yeah. I just think they could have done a little bit more with it. Okay. Uh, I honestly it was probably rushed a little bit. Okay. Um that and a lot of the DLC stuff, you know, they they released um the, the, the main DLC. Mhm. Um that could have been included in the main game without having to pay for it.
0: Okay. By DLC you mean Amiibo's or is there actual paid DLC?
1: There's actual separate. paid DLC.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, they came out with one either one or two waves of it. Okay. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it was just kind of, you know, they, they have, uh, a, a, like a, a master mode, you know, which mm-hmm. should have been included in the game. Okay. Um, they have, they have a couple kind of more major medium to major things that have been available in previous games. Okay. That is now part of DLC which is a little frustrating. Okay. That's, that could be an entire rant on itself. <laughs> but, Interesting. Okay. Well, I haven't, I don't yeah, have like switch yet, a,
0: but when I get one, I'm looking forward to trying it. So
1: yeah, I, I love it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole main story thing got a little bit lost. It was a little muddy. Okay. Uh, Once you got kind of towards the middle. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can do things in different orders. Like, you go and find... Kind of like how, you know, you go and find help. You know, in Ocarina to Time... You yeah. ...got help from, you know, the Gorons and the Zoras and, you know, whatever. Right, the very tribes, that was kind of yeah. linear. mm mm-hmm. You know, you had to go one place before you went to the next. Yes, definitely. In this, you can do it in any different way. Um, or not do that it just at all. Mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or not do it at all and go and just fight the main boss. Um...
0: And I think that but, was more of a reaction to people who were saying, you know, hey, we want less linearity. They wanted like right. kind of the audience had spoken and they were like, okay, we want more sandbox and less uh mm. less, you know, scripting. Uh
1: but yeah, with with that, I think they went too broad with it. Okay. There's like very very little linearity uh with the exception of the very beginning and the very end. Right. Um and then Kind of the sandboxy feeling is a little bit too generic. It's too kind of repetitive.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. I think
1: is the right word. They have too much
0: empty space. Uh,
1: The world's like too large. Yeah, and it's like you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again.
0: Okay.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like you're going into a shrine. Yeah. And you're doing a puzzle. Okay. You go to another shrine. Guess what? You do another puzzle. Oh, this shrine you fight somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. The next shrine you try, oh, the the next shrine you, oh wait, this is the same guy I fought last time. Mm-hmm. That that kind of feeling.
2: Okay,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But overall, it was a great game. It was, it really, it really was. Um, and I enjoy the, um, the consumable weapons and armor. Well, not armor. Weapons, yeah. Weapons and shields. Well,
0: I'm glad that works out in practice because consumable weapons are typically a pet peeve of mine. So I'm glad that they managed to work it in such a way that makes it interesting.
1: Right. My only slight frustration um, is the power aspect to the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. Like, you only get so much power, and then it has to recharge. You know, that's great, but you know, it's like, it's the Master Sword. Yeah. Come on. And then and then the Hylian Shield also does break. mm okay so you have to be careful with that too well that's kind of consistent the shields
0: have broken since the first zelda so i guess that makes sense at least
1: that is true but like in ocarina time you could use the the hylian shield in until the day you die you know it would last longer than you would right kind of thing well unless the like likes got to you oh shut up (laughs) i'm just saying like that's that's their
0: version of shields breaking so that's okay yeah that's true that Mm -hmm. is true yeah
1: without actually breaking your shield yes they they take it away from you or whatever yeah yeah it is you know you you can't yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah um kind of part of this whole event is i kind of hope uh super mario odyssey kind of isn't the same old thing they redeem themselves yeah Yeah. well it looks like they're definitely doing some
0: interesting things with different mechanics, uh, without having played it yet, we don't know if it's going to be successful hundred percent, but mm-hmm. the whole, you know, possessing creatures with the hat thing is definitely not something that has been around in other, in other Mario's. So.
1: Yeah. Your, your hat is a demon now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Typically I mean, we've had sort of parallel evolutions of Mario since the N64 days, uh, uh the 3d Mario's, you know, I got, you know, the Super Mario lands, Mario world, like, like the 3D like series is kind of progressing its own. Uh, the um, they've had them, you know. The Mario Galaxy series is kind of where that ended up, mm-hmm. and uh, the 2D they made the new Super Mario's. Uh, so for people who wanted it kind of old school in 2D, they had those options as well. Platformer, we yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, this I, one this one seems know, to I be think... neither one nor the other. Like this seems to be something
1: wholly new, as far as the evolution of it. Right, right, and kind of those those 3D those more 3d games um they felt a little bit like a 3d platformer mm-hmm. which was good it was all right yeah um but i kind of want the feeling of uh super mario sunshine again <laughs> i love mario sunshine i have my GameCube down here underneath my desk okay with sunshine in it right now and i've been playing a little bit every other day or so
0: oh that's beautiful that's like the last 3d mario i actually played i never played any of the galaxy games so sunshine was great
1: i played galaxy one and it was a little eh, yeah okay just kind of like eh. and so i didn't get to
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay
1: but yeah for for me the wii was a little bit strange yeah uh you know the 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 main games or games like that Mm -hmm. just kind of it's like you needed a controller in your hand you needed you know something that wasn't these this remote and and nunchuck. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we also had a problem with uh, the wheat to chaff ratio. Uh, they they made it so easy to to make games on it. Like they opened it up, and they had so many like bad third party games that the mm-hmm. good stuff really got lo- lost in the noise. So yeah. I think that was it was a great example of how like maybe having more games for your system isn't necessarily better. Uh, I think it, it actually was worse. And that, you know, it, it it was harder to get noticed among all of, like, the,
1: you know, chicken shoots stuff. and, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, there all were the, some all the gimmicky
0: motion stuff. And there were some spectacularly bad games in the Wii. As someone who looks out for bad games, yeah, Wii is, like, a go-to for horrible software. But they had some great stuff, too. It's just, it's hard to find it, so. Yeah, well, definitely. I, I will say this. I think that the, um, uh, uh, with the Switch, I think that, like, all the stuff you're looking for, like the new like Mario Karts and the new, uh, new Metroid and things like that, especially the new uh, Smash, it's all in the pipes. It's going to happen, but it's going to happen yeah. in maybe a year or two. Um, you know, they, they design these things with like a seven-year lifespan, and typically Nintendo doesn't make more than one iteration of a franchise per console platform. So, you know, right. you're going to wait five years to the next Zelda, but, you yeah. know, you're not going to wait five years for the next Smash because they're going to want that out the door
1: pronto. Exactly. Yeah, especially with the capability of what, of the Switch of what it can do now, you know, you can, you're not on one screen; you mm-hmm. all can be on eight different screens. Oh yeah,
0: know? yeah, it's brilliant,
1: Whatever. and I love that you can actually
0: take it with you now. Like that, like the oh, fact yeah. that I think this kind of bridges the gap between their portable and console systems. Like I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the the Samus Returns end up on the Switch because it's there's no reason physically it couldn't be done. Exactly. Um, so you know, it's not like it benefits from the 3D at all. It's it's probably no. going to be like all of their good 3D stuff is probably going to end up being ported or remastered over to the Switch at some point. Uh, right. Plus, they've really and this is this is where I give Nintendo props. This generation, they have finally gotten around to really embracing the indie studios. So mm-hmm. if you look at their, like, launch lineup, there are so many great, like, itty-bitty indie games, like Cave Story and Rhyme and, and some of these really great stuff on the PC on Steam um, mm-hmm. is actually coming out on Switch. And right, exactly. didn't get any of that on the, the Wii for certain and barely any That's on the Wii U. That's true. So I, I, give them, yeah. I give them credit for that. Like, their their wheat-to-shaft ratio, <laughs> I'll use that again, is way up this time. Like, their, their itty-bitty, their smaller games, They're like, 30 bucks, are actually, you know, really great, cool, creative stuff. It's not a lot of, like, you know, 100 variety games packed into one whatever motion control monstrosity.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think they, they kind of tanked it with uh, Street Fighter. You know, that was kind of like a Eh, that was definitely 3D, not a winner the, the the motion controls at least yes yeah yeah um,
0: street fighter street fighter is only good if you're playing it to be street fighter if you're expecting exactly. something new out of the motion controls you are going to be bitterly disappointed with that exactly
1: give me an arcade tabletop and and uh let me use use a joystick and, and a few buttons like, yeah <laughs> you yeah know, exactly
2: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely but yeah yeah overall i'm i'm uh going to look forward to what Nintendo has to offer Um, me too
0: absolutely I think they're off to a good start it might be a little bit slow but I think the outlook is a lot more promising than it was with the Wii U
1: oh yeah definitely is Mm -hmm. it really is especially with uh, with a Zelda game coming out on this system and not on the Wii U technically it did come out on the Wii U Mm. Breath of the Wild they have a Wii U version of that yeah, but it came out on the Wii before it came out on the Wii U. Uh, Breath of the Wild.
0: I'm sorry. Oh I'm not, no, I, um, I, I'm I'm talking I was, about.
1: I was thinking Skyward Sword.
0: Oh, I'm My sorry. Bad. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they yeah they they released Breath of the Wild on both the Wii U and the Switch, but I think everyone bought it on the Switch. Like it was really selling Switches, even though they made a Wii U version of it.
1: Right, but um, but I think there wasn't a console specific. Zelda game, yeah. Like there, there has been on the Wii or uh, now on the Switch.
0: That is true. You know? I think if they do another one that actually leverages the Switch's capabilities more, I think it's going to be a lot better than even Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild.
1: Right, because they'll they'll learn every day what the console can do and mm-hmm. what updates you know in the future what updates they'll do and stuff like that. So, but based
0: on the reviews and the sales, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they follow this uh, gameplay template the the open world nonlinear. Uh, For the next Mm -hmm. one also, because, you know, not many people are complaining about it. No, yeah, 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 definitely. I I tend to be the only person. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually where I am. I'm the angry guy in the yard yelling at the birds.
1: And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on SoundCloud.com slash Tabletop Radio Hour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter, at TabletopCast, if you have any questions or comments. We also have an email address, that is TabletopRadioHour at Yahoo.com. Our website? TabletopRadioHour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s.